0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly.
1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast at We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio, on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe or you're missing content. We did like seven or eight streams before game one, okay? You want to make sure you catch all of them. So if you don't like me, you can find someone else. Also, I did Starting Nine uh, there this morning on Tuesday and took viewer questions. Uh, Took about 30 questions, actually, in about 20 minutes. So you can argue with me there as well. Make sure you're checking out Five Reasons YouTube. Also, 5 Sports.com. Spell that one out, 5 the Latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others. And a great Panthers preview on the site there right now from Alex Baumgartner if you're getting ready. Well, this may be after Game 1 of the series, but it'll carry through the Panthers' entire series against the Capitals. Also... Great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, prizepicks.com, our official fantasy sponsor. We're doing prize picks on five shows. Greg's been joining us for those as well. So join me, David Freeman, David Eversoll. We'll get you ready every night before every Heat playoff game. In addition, to some other NBA games, you can play the other sports there as well. Use the code FIVE, F-I-V-E. You get your initial deposit matched up to $100. Okay, so the initial deposit match up to $100. You don't have to spend it all at once. You play two, three, four, five players, power play, flex play. But again, the key thing is, Use the code five, they're giving you free money up to a hundred dollars. Okay, so you deposit fifty, they'll give you fifty. A hundred, they'll give you a hundred. You don't need like I always say you don't need to play it all at once, but it's a good opportunity to give it a shot. You really don't have much to lose. Prizepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E. And now today's episode.
2: Down to
0: Five on the floor, ride for my dogs here's the thing, you can check the score Hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs Just like Butta said, you in trouble, y'all Check the floor playing, got an all-band Y'all seen the block, stop in one hand Impact with trust, it's to have the guts We here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Alright, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Just want to say Sunday morning, we are aware that some of you got a duplicate episode of the game the other night, uh, and you ended up getting a preview instead of a Game 1 uh, recap, but... We can tell you that you probably, if you refresh now on iTunes, you'll probably be able to find that episode if you want it. It's also on the YouTube channel. And it's also, I can tell you that it is refreshed on Spotify. So it's probably on many of the other uh, apps as well. Today's floor plan, I got Alex Lito. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. And we didn't want to do a strategy episode. We kind of did that after game one. Obviously, the Heat are up 1-0 in this series. Um, I don't know what kind of adjustments Doc Rivers can make other than not playing the corpse of DeAndre Jordan. I can't imagine that James Harden is going to be better in game two after a couple of nights in Miami than he was in game one uh, when he was thoroughly outplayed by Tyler Hero. And I do expect uh, Jimmy Butler to be better in game two than game one. It looked to me like he was a little bit limited, um, maybe coming off of the knee. Also, as we reported before the series, or Greg reported, Kyle Lowry will not play in game two. We don't know when he's going to return, although I keep saying I don't expect him to return until after they've lost the game uh, in this series. I think that's the most likely scenario. Everybody else should be ready to go for game two. But today we're just going to talk about Eric Spolstrup. And we're going to talk about it in this context because I have found something kind of fascinating this season. Um, And I think this started in the bubble a little bit, but then last year is just a season that we kind of of wash out because of all the circumstances of it and obviously the way that it ended. I do feel like as little appreciation as this heat team has gotten around the country and the fact that the national media does not know how to talk about it uh, today on all the shows, it was what James Harden did wrong instead of what the heat did. Right. Uh, I don't feel As I've said many times that many of these national reporters could name you five players in the heat right now, actually, they haven't chased this team around all season. They're starting to a little bit now, but they're playing catch up with outlets like ours. Um, But the one thing I do think has come through is, and he may not win coach of the year. We think that's going to be Monty Williams. Actually, that might be announced by the time that you hear this episode. But I do feel like there has been more national appreciation of Eric Spolster. I feel like people who don't know how to talk about this team do say, well, they're really well coached. And, And I don't know if that narrative has finally taken flight because people like LeBron James have finally acknowledged it. Um, or because he stood up to Jimmy Butler or because he got a team, you know, that people didn't regard very highly to the finals in the bubble. But Greg, I, I, as we talk about what Spolster's challenges are in this postseason, and I think you and I and I Alex all agree, this is among his better coaching seasons. It's certainly in his top three or four. Why do you think the narrative on him has changed? Or am I wrong? Do you think it's still what it always was that this is a guy who can't win without LeBron James?
3: No, I think that the fact that this team is as successful as it's been and through six playoff games, you know, has looked, you know, good enough to, you know, be five and one essentially. Uh, And Brady actually, like, he asked a great question to our off the floor subscribers. He said, you know, in these first six heat playoff games, who have been the top three players for the heat? And, you know, obviously Jimmy was one And then I had to start, I started grappling with who two and three were, right? And I think that that is a great, it points right back to Eric Spolstra. It points back to that on any given night, a different player could step up. And that is something that Spolstra hasn't won with that specific type of like non- Superstar led, you know, where you just have elite talent up at the top so that it covers up things that you just can't cover up with a team like this. So to me, this is the Eric Spoolstra run, right? Like this is the team that would embody, I think, how Spolstra wants to play most, what his teams are about from a grit perspective, from a resilient perspective versatility um so like to me like this would be the ultimate eric spolster victory and then like for for the national perception they don't want to talk about like the guys on this team are not interesting from the standpoint of drama they don't bring drama so unless they're going to start fighting guys on the court it's going to be they're going to talk about jimmy because he's interesting personally and then it's going to be Spo, and uh, and they can lean into that coaching narrative. I, I just
1: think that that's what this team is. That It's not filled with a bunch of drama queens. Alex, let me ask you this off the cuff here. I always do this to you. Uh, 2020 where there was not an expectation that team was going to get to the finals. I think I picked them to finish third in the conference. Uh, most people didn't have them that high. They ended up finishing fifth, but Obviously, we know they got to the finals, dealt with all the strange COVID circumstances, the bubble, et cetera. Or this team, which has been a better Eric Spolstra coaching job? Or do we need to wait until the finals to make that determination?
2: Definitely to make a final determination, I think we're going to have to wait uh, for the finals. But shh, I- I'm I'm starting to think that this season uh, is more impressive. Although I will say, like, he just has a lot more tools in his arsenal this season. And maybe, some, obviously, that's uh, we're armed with hindsight here when, when we say things like that about guys like Caleb Martin and Max Struess and Gabe Vincent who weren't necessarily, uh, you know, certified rotation players before the season started or anything like that. But now that we know who they are, like, this team is clearly just uh, ahead from a roster personnel basis than that 2020 team. And I think uh, we would all agree with that. As for as much as that that bubble run was special, was not a fluke. That team was very, very good. I think this team is just better. Like I think they're just at a whole other level when it comes to defense. And that's just kind of what's inspired my whole confidence with them all season. And so the the Spo thing is just despite that, despite how good the roster is, he has taken it to a whole other level coaching wise where you know throughout the season with guys out they were still able to uh, you know be a winning team and be at the top of the conference you know remaining at the top of the conference for what I don't know three months or so of the season despite all that stuff and now like the amount of adjustments he makes even throughout games now the the amount of like the the openness that he has to uh bring in bringing in guys who weren't necessarily playing much a game before, uh, adjusting the rotation on the fly, like things that he was actually kind of criticized for, even though people, you know, he Twitter loves him, he fans love him. uh, That's the things that he will get criticized for. He's even done those things this year. And I just think like he has taken it to a whole other level where it's like he is just the ultimate problem solver. You give him the tools and he's going to problem solve whatever you throw at him, whether it's the Sixers with Embiid or without Embiid. And you saw what happened last night with you know with no Embiid, uh, the the priority went straight to kind of you know just making it as tough as possible for Harden and Maxi. And I think they basically said we're gonna live and die with the other guys beating us, whether it's Tobias Harris or you know whoever else. And basically that game plan was executed at the best at at the best it could be. And, and I don't know, man, like it's just in, really impressive to see what Spo was doing on a night to night basis and just how much he's improved from e- even from already thinking of him as an elite coach to what he's done this season. I think it's just on a whole other level. It might be his best coaching season ever.
1: I think there are two things that jump out about Eric this year. And the first thing is that everything he does this season seems intentional. You know, it it seemed a lot of times over the course of his first few years that he was kind of adjusting on the fly needed kind of Ron Rothstein in his ear needed Dan Craig in his ear Um, Now it feels like he does things intentionally. Maybe they're not for the moment, but they're for later. And, you know, I come to even to what he did that I didn't like in game one, which was the Oladipo Butler hero minutes. And I talked about that a lot on starting nine, not a fan of those minutes. Okay. I I think you're fine with, with Tyler, with Vic. I think you're fine with Tyler, with Jimmy. Uh, I don't like the three of them together. Okay. Um, But you almost got the sense last night that he was doing that to get a look at it in this series so that maybe he comes back to it another time. And I don't think he'll necessarily do it in the second game. Um, we've talked about the developmental stuff that he does, and, and the Heat, and Nick Nurse and Eric Spolster to me right now are just heads and tails above everybody else in terms of development. I, I shared this on Off the Floor last night. I was talking to a prominent Heat um, talent evaluator. I'll just leave it at that. And I was pointing to Struess and to Vincent and saying, I mean, you have two guys who were two-way contracts. And he goes, and undrafted. And I said, yes, this is not Spolscher. This is somebody else, but it's a name people would know. And, uh, and, and I said, and they're starting tonight. And he says, yeah. He says, now the problem is every agent is calling me to get, you to, get to Miami because they think we can do this with anybody. And some of these guys are just not that good. The reason that people think they can do it with anybody is because Eric Spolster has created a culture here, a developmental culture, where first they're going to get the opportunity. And then once they get the opportunity, whatever skill set they have, okay, uh, is going to be maximized. And so that is Spolster. But again, everything is in, so the developmental thing, I don't even need to talk about it that much because we just know that at this point. But a couple of things he was, as Alex said, was not that great at at certain points. OK, being intentional about his decision. Sometimes he would just leave guys on the floor too long. And yeah. it was because he forgot about them. We don't yeah. really discuss we don't really discuss that anymore. OK, um, I don't feel like he has to lean on Chris Quinn and others on the bench more. I feel like he's more in control. No, he doesn't
3: need those nudges.
1: No, but here's the single biggest thing I think that has changed. And this is more from knowing Eric a little bit personally, you know, for since I started in 96. Okay. So he was there. Right. And and we were in our twenties at that stage. And now I will say he's in his fifties and I'm not quite there yet, but getting there. Um, He has his own voice now. And that is different because for years and years through the big three era, when he was kind of walking on eggshells, trying to figure out how he was going to coach these, he told me once after a game, I remember we were in Phoenix, I think in this, in the first year, And things were starting to pick up a little bit, get better after that ugly start, obviously, bump gate, nine and eight and all that. And he said 75% of this job is just managing personalities. And and that's it. It's not the strategy. But I think he's become so adept at managing different personalities. And in part, some some of these guys owe themselves, their careers to him because he has developed them. That. What you're seeing right now is that he can focus on the strategy stuff, the managing the personalities he's done like he doesn't need necessarily David Fisdale or Juwan Howard there as the liaison during the big three years. He needed Fizz. Okay. when I would talk to big three players, they went to Fisdale. They couldn't communicate with Spolstra a lot of the time. Okay. he had trouble with kind of direct uh, confrontation with them. We just saw that guy, too. Well, we just saw on the court. Right. And we just saw on the court. He does not have trouble with direct confrontation right now. He just did it with Jimmy Butler. okay, and that's a more volatile situation in a lot of ways than LeBron James. So the fact that he's gotten those things under control and developed his own voice has allowed him to focus on the X's and O's, on being innovative, on the strategy. And I just sense from knowing him a little bit. He's just in his own skin right now. He's comfortable in his own skin. I didn't know. I used to say he was always like wearing Pat Riley's clothes. Okay. He was trying to be Pat. He's different from Pat now. And that is projecting with his press conferences where I keep saying this snarky thing that he's got now, this very loose thing, this relaxed thing, like he's got a little pop, but he's nicer. Like that is, that's the the spulcher that a lot of us have seen, know, talk to on the side. That's not the air exposure I expected at press conferences. Okay, that they are. I love guy, it. it, it I, would hope
3: he, I hope he never stops.
1: No, he's well, no, now that he's gone this direction, like he's not gonna stop. And he also has a media down here, unlike what say Doc Rivers is facing in Philadelphia or Frank Vogel facing LA, a media that's basically adoring.
3: He's um, never not kind, him. he's articulate and he's not like unkind to people. So I just like that he responds and he doesn't.
1: Well, let me give, let me give you one story on that before this we get to the media was challenge. tough
2: last night. By the way, they lived up to their reputation. I can confirm. <laughs> no, nah,
1: I'm telling you. Got to get a question in there with Philadelphia because they, they were
2: jumping over each other trying to ask questions. Like it just
3: Brady kind of going That's in.
1: That's Northeast media. Meanwhile, Brady's asking about like the double drag, like set, there's all that stuff. You know, Philly media is just like, why are you playing DeAndre Jordan? Um, <laughs> you know that. But look, we, we are a little kinder down here. But I'll just give you one Eric Spolscher story and then we'll get into, and, and about why Why aren't you playing to,
2: Omer Yurtsin? Okay,
1: Why, why he can do this. Okay. With, with local media. Uh, and then we'll get into his challenges as we go forward. Um, some of you are aware that, uh, you know, Joe Goodman who covered the the heat for years during the big three years, this happens to be a good friend of mine. Uh, lost a son a few years ago. It was a tragic situation, um, an accident. And, you know, and obviously, you know, you lose a teenage son. That's about as bad as it gets. Right. Um, and, uh, I can tell you, cause I was at the, uh, with some other media, I was at the, the funeral and, and, uh, the services up in Alabama and, you know, we're sitting there and they, they had this, obviously, you know, you know, they had this ceremony that was very touching and moving and all the rest. And I can tell you that the thing that Joe was affected the most by of everything was that there was a bouquet that showed up at the door, um, signed by Eric Spolstra, uh, and the rest of the heat. But Eric also sent this very long text to him and, I can just tell you that's who Eric is behind the scenes. And I think that gives you um, in a lot of ways, you know, the ability with the media to go back at them sometimes because they know that ultimately your heart's in the right place, but that he's going to challenge you on certain things that he doesn't agree with. So I just wanted to share that, but let's get to the challenges uh, for the rest of the series. We're going to do or the rest of the series and the playoffs going forward. I want to ask this question to both of you guys. So give this some thought give me the three biggest challenges that you think Eric Spoelstra could face on the way to a championship. So this would include his own team, or this could include any of the teams that they may face. So it could be a Milwaukee. It could be a Boston. It could be a Phoenix, a Golden State, a Memphis. It could be this series, but just give me three. Okay. Give me three. We didn't do this in advance, but I, I want to see what you guys come up with. All right. I do want to tell you about a great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. They just moved to a new location here because they're getting so big, okay? And it's you break, wheel fix. You break wheel fix. That's a U at the start, and that's a wheel spelled out like a wheel. This is the big three, okay, of wheel services. They do the repair, the refinishing, and they have a custom wheel specialist there, and they got over 20 years of experience. They repair the damaged wheels from curb rash, cracks, and bends all under one roof with in-house powder coating, CNC machining and polish it, polishing. They got fast turnaround times. They'll even give you a loaner car <laughs> if you need it uh, in certain situations. And they do the no credit check financing up to $5,000. You don't, you miss the vice colors, you can get them on your wheels if you want that. You can get the Dolphins aqua colors. You can get the Panthers red. Whatever it is you want. Go to ubreakwheelfix.com. New location though. New location. This is important. It's a bigger spot because they need more space. Hopefully because we've sent so many people there. But the new location is 1848- Northeast 143rd Street that's 1848 Northeast 143rd Street that's in the North Miami area the phone number is 305-748-0112 305-748-0112 say hello to Mark and all of them there they just transferred to this new location um, and if you mention five reasons you will get a discount so do not forget that it's Break. that's the letter u break break wheelfix.com or ubreakwheelfix on Instagram and Twitter all right Didn't give you guys time to prepare this one. All right. So you got three. How do we want to do this? We want to rotate it. You want to cry. I'll, I'll Greg, your list first. Give give me the three. Well, give me one. Give me one. Then I'll go to Alex. Then I'll go to you. This show is sponsored by better help. What's the first thing you do. If you had an extra hour in your day, go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami heat game. I've got a better idea. to get ten percent off your first month, again that's BetterHelp H E L P dot slash Miami
0: Heat. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. Twenty-one plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington D.C.
1: We don't we don't do show sheets here. Okay, so uh, go, go, go yeah. ahead.
3: So uh, the low-hanging fruit is. Do you keep Oladipo involved when Kyle is back? That's a challenge. How do you how do you manage that?
1: All right. So I'll go to Alex. How do you think he manages that?
0: Hmm.
2: Um, well, I think he should, but the, the thing is, like there's a couple of concerns when the way he was used uh last night and in other games, uh it just feels like you're not really like what's the point of playing Victor Oladipo if you're not getting him those paint touches at least a couple of times and I think he got it a couple of times like those couple scores he had he was able to kind of make something happen you know and get the ball in his hands and it's a little bit tough to balance and I think kind of some of the the numbers have bared out that way uh you know during the season Jimmy and Vic and uh you know their numbers together were not good that's kind of been the inverse throughout this playoffs even though it's a it's a very small playoff sample and the other thing that's been the inverse Jimmy and Tyler minutes were very good throughout the season and have not been good uh in the playoffs a negative 13 net rating so all, all that stuff with you know kind of having multiple ball handlers i've always been a big fan of it and I, and and you know i'm a big proponent of you know almost having as many as you can of people who can make plays especially with the heat who are always cutting screening moving around just having guys uh as many as you can who know how to make plays with the ball so I'm still with all that, but there's been up and down results, especially trying to integrate a guy like Vic. So I'm just not sure how Spo feels on it, because if you're not giving him um, those reps to kind of make something happen with the ball in his hands, he turned into a catch-and-shoot player, and I don't feel he gets his rhythm that way. So uh, all of that is just basically say it could go either way.
1: (laughs) could go either way. I've seen that on Twitter. All right, Alex, you're up for one for Greg. Challenge. So. I was definitely thinking about it more
2: from a big picture perspective. So, the first challenge I came up with, I guess, is we're just going to do most recent. I'm not even thinking about the series because uh, the series will not be a challenge if Joel Embiid does not come back. I'm, I'm convinced of that much after game one, despite all the half court offense uh, stuff. So, I'm going to think about a potential conference finals versus the Celtics or Bucks. And I'm just going to pose it as are you going to be able to score versus those teams? Are there, are there, is it, Spo's biggest challenges? Finding ways to come up with consistent half-court offenses versus just incredible defenses. Now the Bucks and Celtics defend really different ways, but I think that's going to be a big challenge for him. And that's it's kind of been like I feel the the question, the biggest question when it comes to the Heat all season, and I think it'll come to sort of a crescendo because even though you you'll if you go to the finals you'll likely play a good defensive team there, the Bucks or Celtics kind of for different reasons are the perfect symbols of that, right?
3: To come down to the shooters and it's gonna come down to Tyler stepping up and they're gonna figure out if they have the type of surrounding talent around Jimmy to get it done or not. And so, like, that's just I guess where we're at is that um I think that they're going to find ways to score against those teams and also defend well enough to hold them down. I think that, that that part can't be underrated. Um, I have not seen anything from Boston. I, I know Boston is everyone watches them and they're just in such awe. But like I, I've seen that there's moments where they can be scored on and there, there's situations you could take advantage of. So whether it's them or Milwaukee, I still think that, that Miami can defend them well enough Um so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I am not necessarily that worried about how they're going to score on them, provided that the three-point shooting maintains. Because if that goes, it really then mucks up what they're able to do in the half court even worse. And we already know that they struggle there. So they rely on those three-point shots having to drop. 38% or better.
1: And here's the thing. They haven't been dropping, and they're 5-1 and one in the playoffs. But I think you're right against those teams, particularly Milwaukee, the way that they pack the paint they're going to have to make threes. I mean, they, they basically forced Boston in game one. I know people may be listening to this after game two, but in game one, they, they forced Boston to shoot like 75% of their attempts were outside the three-point line. Uh, Miami has better shooters overall, I believe. But yes, they're, they're going to have to make those shots. All right, one more before we go to break. Your turn, Greg. Oh, challenge? Um, let me see here.
3: I really wanted to go with if he would be faced with the decision to have to only pack one shirt, one tie and one suit, but now they they switch cities so like you don't have to pack more than one because you have to go back and it's never an elimination game so that completely ruined the really fun response that I wanted to go with. Uh, but that's what I was going to go with for the finals. I'm just being transparent. That's what I had loaded. And it's not going to work because now game six and seven are not played um, in the same place.
1: Alex, I guess you come up with a challenge because I don't know. what I was going to say, am I supposed to have
2: a response? <laughs>
1: no, just Alex, just come up with a challenge and give it to Greg and then we'll go to break and I'll give you guys one. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> okay. Um trying to look at it from a basketball perspective because uh leif is always going to have me beat with gu- guts and culture stuff just in general like he did right there i, I could have never come up with an answer like that um
1: that's good actually
2: no exactly exactly it's a, it shows the the contrast of what you get here on five on the floor but and now you get some terrible basketball talk for me because the the biggest challenges for spo all have to do with the heats half-court offense right so i think when you talk about other stuff it feels kind of Marginal, because we already feel so great about them defensively, right? We feel high about them as a rebounding team, as a team that kind of executes whatever they're throwing out there. So the other challenge for me, when I'm thinking of, you know, biggest challenges for Spo is the shooting, right? (laughs) Do the Heat rely on three-point shooting too much? Like you were just talking about it there, and it's a lot of what I was hearing was, like, they're going to need those threes to fall in order to beat those teams. And I'm not, cause look, my, my whole thing is I still believe they can beat anybody. I actually feel better about a series against the Celtics. than I, than I, I think a lot of people uh, do with, when it comes to, you know, heat fans, but I just think uh, kind of thinking about what you were saying there, do they rely on the three too much? Will they be relying on it too much? If their actions get mucked up in the, in the half court offense, is that something to be concerned about where you saw nice, like last night, they ended up with a bad half court offensive rating. And I think a lot of it had mostly to do with, kind of not hitting a lot of threes so the reliance on threes they get up more than anybody in the three they I mean in the league Jesus they rely on it a lot how do you feel about it in general is that something to be concerned about like are they the team who literally lives and dies by the three because they also give up the most threes in the league
3: it's I don't know I think in the eastern conference they can find other ways to score in the finals, they're going to need to hit threes if they play a team like Golden State or Phoenix, like they're, they're just not going to win a series like that if, they, if the threes are not dropping. So they're going to have to rely on them then. um, It's interesting. I would say like macro, if you t- talk about a whole season, having to rely on threes is risky. Usually a team that lives or dies by threes that long dies. But now we've gotten to the point of the season where it's very matchup specific. There's only a few games left, and you can try to live by three and survive. So I I think, Ethan, do you think that it's crazy to expect them to lean into the three-point shot and also expect success to get through this playoff run?
1: No, I mean, I think we've seen that, again, they're 5-1, and and they haven't shot the three well. So I think they can overcome it if they defend. Um, I mean, I'm going to get to The best players are, are
2: paint players, right?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get to my challenge here after the break, but which will we'll play into this. Um, I've got kind of one strategic challenge and, and I think one motivational challenge that he has here. Um, but I, I think when you look at it, um, I don't think they are too reliant on the three we, we've seen. I understand what the statistics say and that what their percentages are when they do shoot a certain percentage in terms of how much they win. I get all that. Uh, yeah. But with that being said, they have found other ways to win. And as Alex says, their two best players are paint players. I think that the one thing point I've tried to make all year, and this will get to where I'm going here after the breaks. So I don't want to tease it too much, but you can close games with defense uh, in this league. You still can do that, particularly in the playoffs and particularly when they're going to let you play a little bit more. And so I, I, I don't think you necessarily have to hit 17 to 23s in a game uh, to win. Now. I, I, I just think that there has to be a healthy diet of the attempts. I'm with him on this. Because that creates the lanes and the opportunities for BAM and for, for, uh, for Jimmy in particular. All right. When we come back, I'm going to get to one of mine. Um, I don't know if Greg has any more suit ones he wants to throw out there, but I'll give him another opportunity. Uh, and then we'll close this thing out. We do want to tell you about another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, CPT of South Florida, which has been providing small and medium businesses with the technology they need for decades. We just had a couple of people reach out to us about them. So I wanted to make sure I get their ad here so that everybody knows what the name is. Again, it's CPT of South Florida. If you own a smaller, medium business, and you're looking to save money on your monthly phone and internet costs, give TJ a call right now. He's been helping South Florida businesses save thousands per month. He can do the same for you with a cloud phone system. You can work from anywhere on any device. For a free in-person consultation, call TJ at 954-966-2766. That's 954-966-2766. Or cpt-florida.com. It's got a promotion, okay? 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones and the first two months of service free. Go to cpt-florida.com, 954-966-2766. By the way, um, I don't know if people saw it, but Ruthie Polinsky of Channel 6 uh, posted uh, a photo of our sponsor, Eric Rubenstein, who's wearing the Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, the the thing he got fined for. He's wearing a T-shirt of that. Uh, oh, on wow. the court, so we tweeted that out. Uh, Is uh, that our... being sold by Five Reasons Sports? No, but we should collaborate with Eric on that one. But you should also check out Eric at—I uh, know this number off the top of my head: nine five four eight two nine E R I C. If you're looking for a personal injury attorney, but we'll tell you more about him because he's sponsoring uh, tomorrow's episode when Brady will likely be on. But um, l- let me let me get to to my challenge here, and I, to me, it's the most obvious one, but it plays off of all you guys from a strategic standpoint. Crunch time. That's the challenge. It's been the challenge all year, okay? I mean, this team is going to be in games late. They don't get blown out very often, okay? They're in games because their defense keeps them in games. He has managed to summon the necessary energy from this team most of the year, and he's going to get it during the playoffs because it's the playoffs. Um, They have the right players for that. They've got leaders like Lowry and Tucker and Butler and others and Haslam who are not going to let them slip in that regard. But it's execution. But when we talk about execution, I I, I confine it to that point they're fine till the final four minutes i I know that he's going to run enough things and you know we talked about on the pod uh you know last night you know just spam the hero bam pick and roll and you know for a little bit they got stuff out of that there's other times they can go you know with jimmy isos there's other times that you know they you have the ball with kyle's hands okay there's a lot of different places this team has options the dribble handoff and all that what i worry is when they get to the last three or four minutes do they do any of that stuff or is it just the jimmy isos or it's just this person isoing That is the chat. That's how Eric exposure coaching ability is going to be defined in the playoffs. It's always about the last three or four minutes. It's the decisions that you make. And sometimes, yes, your players have, of course, your players have to execute it. But we've had a whole season to discuss this now. Okay, Eric knows that these games are going to come down to that. So how well schooled are these guys going to be? And also, are they going to defer when they need to defer? And I'm speaking mostly about Jimmy here. But does Eric Bollinger have a tight enough grip on this team to be able to say to Jimmy, "Okay, let's spread the wealth here a little bit late in games." Okay, because we know Jimmy will do it for the first 45 minutes. Will he do it for the last three? That's where, to me, that's the challenge. Like we can talk about challenges right. of other teams, I, I think you have enormous challenges against Golden State with their style of play um, and and the fact the offense, the Kerr runs. And everything. that would be so much fun though. That to me would be my favorite series. Okay. But that incredible challenges in that series. No question. Okay. They're going to play small, which kind of negates some of what Eric wants to do. Cause we know he always wants to go smaller, um, but they can play small better than anybody Golden state. Okay. For the last seven years, right. No matter what lineups they have. What um, do
3: you think Pat would tell the team or Pat would tell Spo about the late game stuff?
1: Where do you think he stands on that? Well, look, If you look at Pat's teams, okay, go back to the Lakers. As great as Magic was, they had a place to go late in games, okay? The greatest shot in NBA history was Kareem Skyhook, okay? Most unstoppable shot, right? Like, if you needed a bucket, you could go to Kareem in the post. It was not complicated. That's the way the game was played those days, right? In New York, okay? Mostly, although obviously it didn't work in the finals because he let Stark shoot two of 18, okay? Okay. But you had a guy in Patrick Ewing who you knew if he got to that 12 foot and in, in area. Okay. Turnaround jumper, all that kind of stuff. That was fairly, you know, you know that they were jinxed and all that, but that was a fairly reliable place that you could go. Uh, you look at the, the shack Wade years, either you had, you know, just basically Wade ISOs, high pick and roll, dump the ball into Shaq, spray it out to shooters, different places they could go late in games. And the, the you know, so what would Pat say? I don't, they don't have that here. You can't dump the ball down to bam and he's not going to be Kareem. Okay. It's just not, it's not who he is. Uh, Jimmy he is not Dwayne. Jimmy is not Dwayne. Okay. Um, Kyle is That's why it's net.
3: so unique. It's really Spolstra is, is this is a challenge that the organization and a team that the organization has never won with this type of group. And that makes it really intriguing.
1: It has to be schemed up. I mean, it's not, it's not as simple as LeBron's going to overpower everybody. And if the double comes, he makes a decision to, to pitch it out to a shooter. Like it's not, you know, it's, it, this is not that kind of drive and kick situation. They don't have that guy. Kyle's not going to get deep enough into the paint. He's not, he's not LeBron from a physical standpoint, right? So uh, this is Eric's going to have to scheme this stuff and they're going to have to execute it. The other one I'll go to, and then I'll let you guys close here. Um, I, I think his biggest challenge from a motivational standpoint is getting the bam we saw last night consistently. That that is the challenge. I trust Tyler. He's going to have off nights. He had an off series, okay? But I trust Tyler will bounce back from that and he will be alpha Tyler going forward. Jimmy is not going to let the outside world affect him very long. Kyle is he's minted. He's a Hall of Famer. You don't have to do it, right? He's coaching from the bench right now but bam, that, that to me is the motivational challenge is lighting the fire under bam consistently. He had to do it with Bosch, okay? For all the celebration of Chris, who as you everybody knows, one of my favorite players, you had to do it with Chris sometimes. He's got to do it with bam. He's got to bring the most out of bam. Th- those to me, I, we can talk about Golden State, Phoenix, you know, Boston, Milwaukee. Those are the things, late game offense, getting the most out of bam. He does those two things well, they can win a championship this year. Are we in agreement on some of that?
3: Yeah, no, couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, there there's other macro things that is going to have to challenge down the line, like how do you shift a team being uh, Jimmy and Kyle focused to Bam and Tyler focused? But that is a conversation that is not for the midst of a playoff run. We can get back to that this summer.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that the Bam and Tyler thing actually has a lot to do with what Ethan was talking about with crunch time because I feel like that's kind of the – You hear that in the background? I do. Just know what the hell that is. is. The
1: podcast. If if anybody's sticking around this long, they deserve it. Here.
2: No, but uh, the Bama Tyler thing is very important. And just one stat. Shout out to uh, Simon Smith on Twitter. Most games of twenty and ten on sixty percent shooting through thirty-four career playoff games. Uh, Bam is third behind Shaq and Dwight Howard and tied with Anthony Davis, 10 games of 20 and 10 on over 60% shooting, which is kind of astounding because, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of those types of stats in general, but that one was actually astounding to silly. me when you're kind of putting him next to those guys, it feel like Bam hasn't even had that many playoff games and it just goes to show Bam has been there and done it before. Right. So the whole lighting of fire under him, It's 100% factual because we've seen that he can get to this level consistently in the playoffs. And we all acknowledge him to be kind of a much better player than he's shown when he racked up those numbers in the playoffs before, which is most certainly not last season. So I just think he's come a long way as a player since then. And it's, uh, it's really important to what you're talking about. And I think the last challenge that I would pose, we don't have to talk about it, but just the kind of suppose, uh, help defense principles. And will they get beat off of that? I don't think they will, because I think they've done an incredible job adjusting and always being great with the rotations, but they obviously overhelp a lot. And I think when you go to uh, against a team that has a lot of guys who can handle and make plays and a lot of guys who can shoot, there may be more games where they're paying the price of that than they have so far because the Hawks and Sixers are just not those threats. It sounds I, like I, a finals I, issue. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be a Bucks or Celtics issue. The Celtics don't have those shooters, and I'm not worried about you know Connaughton and uh, what, you know West Matthews or whatever. But uh, other than that, I think the Heat have kind of cemented themselves so far in these five games. So it's just kind of hard to put out any serious challenges. It's more like just kind of things to watch for throughout the the, the rest of the playoffs.
1: All right, so check out our sponsor cbt-florida.com, wheelfix.com at their new location, prizepix.com. Use code five. Sign up for 5 Reasons YouTube and also Off the Floor. That's our exclusive feed, $3.05 a month for exclusive content. Where sometimes I I talk about things that I don't necessarily get into here, as does Greg and then Alex and Brady breaking stuff down. Have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to the 5 on the Floor on the 5 Reasons Sports Network.